Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Wingman Podcast. I have Jason Thompson. Say hi, Jason. Hello. And Nathan Fincher from Casper, Wyoming. And you guys are part of, what's the name of your HRC group down there? Our group is called Boomtown Hunting Retriever Club. Boomtown Hunting Retriever Club. That is cool. So Jason got a hold of me a few weeks back and wanted to know if I'd have him on the podcast. And I, I love talking dogs. I love talking all that stuff. And I said, yeah, man, especially for somebody who, uh, someone else from Wyoming, let bring it on, you know? So, Casper, you guys are about uh, probably three hours from us um, up here in Powell, I'd say, which can seem like another planet sometimes, but you guys have got some stellar hunting down there. Not too bad. Not too bad. You know, we've we've had a pretty good, we had a pretty good season this year for sure, especially geese. The ducks were a little, little tough for us, but, but we were able to get on some good goose hunts. So, yeah, it was pretty awesome. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, your ducks just not show up till late or what? The the duck hunting is a little tough around Casper. You know, um, the there's quite a little bit of pressure. Um, yeah. The amount of on the amount of public land we have. It's a good sized town for for Wyoming. I mean, what are you guys sitting at about sixty k now? I would say around there with the surrounding area. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure when you th- when you factor in there's one place that funnels lo- that holds those birds, and it's the yeah. North North Platte River. It's not like a town of sixty k people in, you know, back in Michigan or Minnesota or someplace where it's got water. You know, South Dakota. When you're dealing with a river system like we are, like you are there, and we are up here, it doesn't take a lot of pressure to make make hunting tough. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not too hard to figure out where the birds are at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big wide open Wyoming skies. Yeah, yeah. No, no kidding. No kidding. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you guys had a good season on honkers at least anyway, but you guys started up Boomtown uh, Hunting Retriever Club. How long ago? So uh, we've been kind of functioning as a club for a little over a year. Uh, we just sent our application off to the hunting retriever club um, to be affiliated with them and host a test this coming summer. Okay. Test here. And that's been approved. Um, So now we're just going through the process of getting the actual hunt test date approved so we can host that hunt test this summer. But uh, we've been going through that process since last summer, you know, and with the COVID and stuff, we kind of slow played applying because you only have a year to host a test once you're approved. Right, right. So cool. And we we used to have a club here years and years ago. Um, that's kind of how I got my start into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we moved in here in 2011, shortly after that, I wanted to get a dog or whatever, and, and that's how I ended up meeting Jason for the first time. We didn't necessarily connect uh, real close at that point, but uh, that club originally sort of kind of just fell by the wayside just because of inactivity with other people and and people moving on with their lives or whatever and so uh later on here in the last you know in the last four years me and jason have kind of connected quite a bit with the training thing and we've just kind of always talked about man it'd be really cool if we could just fire this thing back up and get people more interested you know heck yeah that's awesome paul 
for the folks that don't really, that may be listening that don't really know, they're going, HRC, what, what is HRC? Why don't, why don't one of you guys break down exactly what HRC stands for and what it is for the people that might not know? Well, for well, I'll take a step. I've, like I said, I've been involved with it for a little while. I'm, I'm not a professional and, and know everything by any means, but um, it, it is the Hunting Retriever Club. It's associated with the UKC. It's under their umbrella. Um, and it's a nationwide deal where you can go and participate in, in a hunt test, a sanctioned hunt test. And there's levels to it. And each level has certain requirements. It's basically a pass fail. Your dog must do A, B, and C or, or whatever it is, and then you'll receive a pass. And, and so many passes help you earn uh, or work towards earning a title that you can then have associated with your pedigree. So on your official UKC pedigree, whatever title that your dog obtains to, it'll have those abbreviations for that title before it. Um, so it's an opportunity to, to test your dog, um, to, to help them achieve uh, some goals and uh, both for you as a handler and for the dog. And, and it's a, it, there is a little bit of a prestige to it. You know, I mean, as you, as you move up through the ranks and as you get into the higher finish level stuff and on to uh, the big stuff, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, there's a, there's a distinct difference between a dog that is a finished level dog versus a dog that's like at a started level, which would be the entry level stuff. And so once you hunted with those type of dogs, you sort of realize, man, that's really cool. That's pretty, pretty awesome. And I want my dog to do that. <laughs> right. That's cool. Yeah. No. So you, and we, people, you've probably seen this. A lot of folks have seen this uh, when they're looking at a pedigree or they're looking at even a, a listing in on Facebook or whatever for puppies, they'll see those letters HRC or MRHRC or MRC. I'm sorry. Um, what are those, what do those stand for? Give us a rundown on that. So um, there's a couple different hunt test organizations, primarily the HRC, your designation is going to be in front of their name for okay. the HRC. And so the entry level title is um, started hunting retrievers. So it's letters are um, SHR, right? And so that's the started level. And then the middle level, which is they call the season is a hunting retriever when you obtain that title. So that would be an HR title. Okay. Um, would be those letter designations on the pedigree. And then the finished level, um, what we call the big dog work is an HRCH um, title. So that once you qualify HRCH, you're also eligible to run in the international grand that is hosted in the spring and the fall of every year. And it's just like next level, you know, strict obedience, um, extremely hard to pass type of test. Um, right. Best of the best go there. And you have to pass that twice. And I believe I might be wrong on this, but I believe it's 300, have 300 HRC points. Okay. Okay. Test to obtain that title. And that will be a grand hunting retriever champion, which is a GRHRCH. Right. GRHRCH. Okay. Yeah, I that's one of those things that I was never 100% clear on looking at on pedigrees and things like that. So I'm glad you clear you guys cleared that up, but the real question is short of just something to do in your spare time, why HRC? Why 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 work your dog like that? Why not work your dog like that? That's not a good way of saying it, but maybe uh what's the interest in it? 
for me, you know, it, it extends, it kind of extends your hunting season a little bit, right? You know, it puts you in that hunt environment. And HRC is, feels more like an actual hunt when you go to the test. Um, and that's, I think, why a lot of people um, that train their own dogs enjoy the HRC tests. Uh, and it, when you come hunting season, your dog's ready to go, right? right. You know, and, and that dog can throw anything that's tossed at it. You're not out there. Um, trying to get him to come back to you with the bird and you know that the dog needs to add to the hunt and um you know that's that's why i enjoy it yeah i mean it's uh you know the hrc is definitely geared towards providing the most realistic hunting scenario for the dog as possible now is it is it exactly no it's not i mean because dogs are smart they know the difference between hunting and training and running a hunt test they, they get all that right um, and, and truth be told, I think a lot of people, Jason, I think would, would agree with this. I enjoy running the AKC stuff too. The AKC has their own version of the hunt test as well. Mm-hmm. And to me, if you can run both and be, and, and have goals and set them and, and work towards those and accomplish your goals within each realm, you got a more well-rounded dog, but specifically with the HRC, um, you know, they use live birds that you wear camo, you, you handle a gun, um, you blow a duck call. Um, and so there's just a, I guess there's a little bit more of a premium placed on, um, the realistic atmosphere of it within the HRC and testing the dogs and giving them the best look as far as what our actual hunting scenario can be. Right. And, and both, be- both venues are extremely fun. If you, you get into the, the dog games and challenging, they're just a little bit, they've got their different nuances, you know, that, uh, you have to, your dog has to be able to handle a little bit more concept type work doing the AKC test um, than they do with an HRC test usually. Okay, cool, cool. I guess the reason I, to, I guess, come back to your original question, why I got involved with it is I, I initially had a dog that I sent to a trainer and, and they did a fantastic job with her. And that's what got me hooked into it. I, I started going and watching her run with this uh, particular trainer and she was doing her thing or whatever. And that's what got me hooked. I was like, okay, this is cool. I want to be able to do that myself. You know, like I'm going to fail probably and, and, you know, fall on my face a little bit and kind of do that thing. I'm not a pro. I'm just a dude, you know, and I just, I just want to do it. I'm just a dude, man. Sort of figure this thing out. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I got into it. No, that's cool. It's, you know, it's funny living out here in Wyoming. We see a lot of people really into horses, you know, or really into, really into rodeo. And that's, that's their thing, whether it's roping on weekends or whatever. And it's the same thing in the dog world on a smaller level. You know, you're not, you're not hauling around thousand pound animals and, but it's can be the same thing, you know, it traveling all over the country to, to tests. Um, you got, are you guys running tests out of state? Have you, do you guys travel? Uh, yeah, last year we ran tests in South Dakota, Colorado, um, Utah. Yeah, and a lot of the the HRC tests. There's a few clubs in Colorado, um, and then there's one in Cheyenne um, and one in Rapid City or Custer, South Dakota, also. Uh, and they all delayed their tests back to the fall. And so we, we ended up running a lot of AKC tests earlier in the year and you have to travel pretty good to get to those. Right. Right. Well, I traveling for sure. 
think living in Wyoming, we have to travel for just about anything we yeah. want to do, but yeah. Yeah. Everything's two hours. Yeah, exactly. At least, yeah. at least, holy smokes. Yeah. Well, that is, that is cool. So what is, what is on the docket for the future? I mean, you guys said you just kind of, you've got your test coming up. You delayed it for a year. When's that test going to be? So right now we're shooting for the weekend of July 10th. It will be the weekend of our test. Uh, you have to work around the other um, clubs that have tests in the region. Okay. You can't have two tests within 200 miles of each other, which isn't, we're far enough away, but still out of courtesy of your region, you don't want to test on the same weekend. So we're shooting for July 10th for the test. Um, we're kicking off some training days, club training days. Uh, we'll get together as a big group. Uh, it helps socialize dogs. We try to set up a marking scenario that can teach any level of dog, you know, to do, a, to learn, right? You know, you can adjust it for all those levels of dogs and introduce dogs to other people's sounds. You know, if you've got a young pup, one of the club members, they've got a young Nova Scotia duck pulling pup, you know, and he'll bring him out this weekend and just introduce him to the new environments, you know? Right. And then we'll be running our older um, finished level type dogs also and just help everybody build a build a better dog, more solid dog for hunting. And, and we also welcome people that if they're not interested in the test game, but they just want to, you know, expose their dog to birds before the season and get in there and train. They want to be a member of the club and help out. I mean, we're welcoming to anyone that wants to come. You know, we're just That's there. Cool. It, it's so much easier to train a dog when you've got help. Right. Yep. Completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. I don't want to go ahead. As I say, you'll see a lot of dogs that um, they've never retrieved anything farther than you can throw it. Right? right. So they don't know to go, go farther than that. And so we have people that can help toss longer marks. So they learn to go a little bit farther and look out. And, um, and then like Nate says, we've all fell on our face so we can help people not fall on their face as much. <laughs> a little bit of support goes a long way. That's for sure. You know, I don't yeah. care how, I don't care how good your dog is. There's days when, man, it just, it's frustrating. They make a fool out of you. You make a fool out of yourself as a dog handler, you know, whether you're overhandling your dog or underhandling your dog or not paying attention. I mean, it, it's crazy. It, it's really crazy. I know one of the things for me that has always been a struggle is having a dog that doesn't get to train with other dogs on a regular basis. And then we get in a hunting scenario and somebody's brought their dog and my dog wants to do it all. You know, that competition drive kicks in and it's like, uh-uh, these are my birds. And my lab just turned nine, just turned nine years old yesterday. And this going through this eighth season this year, man, I had to rein him in and let some of the younger dogs do the work because he's eight years old. We're trying to pick up 30 birds in a day. You know, it's like, dude, you're going to kill yourself, man. You gotta, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's hold up. Let the young, let the young guys get some of this, but if you don't instill that through the summer or through the off season and training, like you guys said, year round, cause it is, it's a mentality, you know, he's an old season vet now and I don't have to do much with him and he's got it. You know, basically we do conditioning work and some playtime drills and things like that. Cause there's nothing that I had in the field that he hasn't seen, mm -hmm. but 
when he was young, you were talking about getting him to do, to go further than I could throw a bumper. Man, that was hard. And I didn't have anybody to go and help me train. And so it, it literally took experience in hunts for him to realize, oh, you know, dad's still sending me saying back, back, and I need to keep going. And then once, once he swam across the entire river a couple times and realized there's a bird over there, you know, it kicks in, but man, having the ability to do that with, so with people who know what they're doing, we're used to working with dogs and a group of supportive individuals that would have shortened my dog's learning curve by probably a year, you know? So I, I think that is super cool. Super cool. What got, what you guys are doing. How many people you have in the club right now? So we, we've got right around 10 members um, that are pretty wow. being part of the club. And uh, we have a handful of people that have shown interest, you know, and kind of what, what we want to see is like, Hey, come out and train with us one day, you know, and um, check it out, you know, see what it's like. Uh, and we'll do all we can to help you. You know, there, we have access to some pigeons and stuff like that. If you got a young dog, you know, let us know. We'll try to get a pigeon out there so we can toss. Nothing brings out the drive in a young dog better than a pigeon flopper. Live bird, man. I mean, they love it. It's, it's awesome to watch, you know, that yeah. they turn those dogs on. And Takes so, birds to make a bird dog. Yep, that's right. You know, that that's right. So, uh, yeah, we um, just come out, check it out. You know, if you're interested, join the club. And uh, like, like I said earlier, you don't have to be interested in testing, you know, so if you just want a better dog, you know, it's, it's a great environment for that. Right. How, how do people find you if they want to come out and they want to join up or just come and feel you out and see if, man, I don't know, but this might be something I want to do. Like you said, for me, training my dog extends my hunting season. My dog's not just a pet. My dog is like, he goes everywhere. He goes everywhere we go. My kids enjoy working with them. It's something that, I mean, especially in the summertime when the water warms up and it gets warm and I get out of work. And one of the first things I want to do is go work my dog, you know, go, go to the river or go to a lake and throw bumpers, run scenarios, run drills. It's fun. It's relaxing. It's something I enjoy. And I know that I'm not the only one. You guys obviously are in, are in that same boat. There's other people out there too, but they might not know how to find you, how to find a local resource in their community. Cause there's a, this podcast reaches all over the country, obviously. And well, probably more than that, to be honest, but um, how do people find a local HRC club? How do they get involved? So the hunting retriever club has a website okay. um, that you can go on and it has a list of, um, of a, approved uh clubs in the location and typically it'll have contact information on there for the individual um all those people are extremely welcoming in in my experience you know and so just don't be afraid to reach out to them and they'll they'll point you in the right direction you know and uh let you know when the training dates are or where to find those training dates for that local club us here we also have an instagram and a facebook page boomtown hunting retrieval club okay underscore hrc on instagram uh, when we when we share this up on like facebook we'll make sure we tag you guys in that so people can find people can see it yeah 
Yeah. And so what we've been doing is posting when we have a training date coming up and, uh, you know, DM us for location, tell them what time it is. Uh, and we'll set them up. Uh, we are fortunate enough to have some private landowners that allow us to train on them. Nice. So, uh, you know, it's like, make sure you take care of it. Don't let people be idiots and you can come out here, you know? And so that, that's what our job is, but that, so that's a great resource. We really appreciate that for sure. And so we'll have it in different locations. Um, Bob Borden with Riverbend Roosters has offered to let us host a test on the property he has access on and also host training days out there, which that's nice. been totally awesome. So that's the, nice. Yeah. This location. Yeah. I would bet that's hard, man. Finding resources to get people to get a, a big enough group to train. I know if I was to do that around here, I'd have to do exactly what you guys are doing. And that is finding, getting permission from landowners to be able to train and work on their property because either the public ground isn't the right, isn't the conducive for training or it's overrun with dog walkers. So there's dog scent all over the place and my dog can't focus on what he's trying to do. He's an uncut male. Every scent and smell, he's on it. You know what I mean? Every fence post, it's like, dude, you've peed 50 times. How is there anything left in there? You mm -hmm. know, but it's like, there's, it's tough. It's tough to find spots where I can actually get my dog dialed in, focused, that are public access spots that aren't overrun with other people doing the same thing or just walking dogs for the most part. Yeah. It's hard. Well, I, I, I would tell people too, you know, people are listening to like, we're not professionals. I mean, I, I, I don't claim to be, and, and Jason doesn't, and, and we don't get paid to do this. And, you know, we're, we're, we're rookies essentially when it compared to some of the big time trainers and all that. And, and uh, so the reason I bring that up is because we had a, uh, an individual reach out to us and, and, and maybe they were just a little bit confused, but they, they were under the impression that we were going to train their dogs. And that's, that's uh, not what it is. This is, this is right. a come out bunch of like-minded people who enjoy running dogs and enjoy bouncing ideas off of each other and say, Hey, what would you do in this situation? Whatever else. And, and then we go from there. I mean, right. Right. Jake and I are just regular guys that have full-time jobs that um, we just do this for our hobby. You know what I'm yep. saying? Yep. No, absolutely. I think that's a, I think that's a great distinction to make because I can see where people be like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna take my dog out there and somebody's going to train it for me. You know? And it's like, no, 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 no. This yeah. is a club. We yeah. do this because we're a group, of, like you said, like-minded individuals that are to getting together on weekends or after work or whatever with, because we love dogs. We love working dogs. And at the end of the day, when you hunt, like you said, with a finished retriever, man, what a difference between that and the dog that isn't finished. And that's all I'm going to, that's as far as I'm going to go with that, man. <laughs> you know, but we've all had, we've all shared experiences in blinds yes. where it was like, man, can you leave that dog home next time? Cause it is not helping. Um, well, and and that's, that's just the people, sorry. I was just say, those are the type of people that we, we kind of want to show up. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. We don't, we don't know everything, but like, listen, there, there, here's some things that we've learned and we do, and this will help your dog. Yep. You know? Yep. Better dog for you and for him. No, that's, that was I'm, one of the guys here in the office is, has worked really hard with the dog for 
for three years and he stuck with that dog longer than I would have. I'd, I'd, have, <laughs> I'd have give, I'd have found it a new home, but this fall, man, that dog, something clicked, something clicked and he came into his own and like, he's, I mean, he's not a, he's not a super finished dog by any stretch, but will he go out and get birds reliably? Yep. And that's a lot more than he, than he was. And man, I don't know how many conversations that he and I had over the last three years. Well, he's doing this. What do you think's going on? And I don't know, man, I, here's a resource that, you know, here's something I yeah. use with this and you get to bounce ideas off each other and share information. And some of it works, some of it doesn't, but having man, not being an Island in the dog, in trying to work a dog that you, like you said, expert, not expert, whatever. It's tough. It's tough. And having some resources, a group, like you said, like-minded individuals where you can go out and have fun and go, man, that's exactly how I want my dog to be. Or man, I remember when my dog wouldn't be, it wouldn't do that. Here's something I tried, you know, and this worked or man, that's cool. Good, good for you guys, man. I think that's awesome. And I hope, I hope you have massive success with that. I hope your group doubles and you're having to find all kinds of new landowners to get permission yeah. to be able to train. Well, but, the thing about growing the group is that um, usually everybody brings something to the group, right? Right, you right. Know, more people you know, they're like, oh, yeah, my buddy from high school, he's got a nice pond out on his place. He'll let us go out there, I bet. There you go. And so the more people that are involved, you know, because like the people we train with now, that, that's why we have multiple places, because we all know someone that'll let mm -hmm. us come, right? You know, and right, right. And you know, and we do something for them in return, you know, as a favor or whatever. And and uh it's worked out well, you know, and so that that's the thing about growing the group is it just gives you more opportunities. No, that's cool. That's cool. So do you does your group translate into hunting together and during the season then? I mean, no, you're not gonna hunt 10 people in the same group yeah. more than likely, but yeah, I mean correct. are there individuals that does that cross over? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of us that hunt together um, quite a little bit. Um, some of us don't hunt together at all, you know. Um, but like you say, you can't hunt ten people together. Right. Other right. thing you run into is when everybody's got a dog, it's hard for everybody to take a dog. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so, dog guys are like, "You mean I can't yeah. take my dog? I'm not going." <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to leave that dog at home, man. You know? Yeah, but, absolutely. It's a passion. It's a passion. Yeah. And yeah. I don't care what kind of dog it is. Like you said, the, that Nova Scotia duck tolling dog. I've only known one person in my life who had one of those. It was the coolest dog. Yep. I wouldn't want one, but <laughs> it was a cool dog. You know what I mean? And I like dogs of all stripes, but yeah. it's, you know, some, some people are, are lab folks. Some guys want a Chessie. Some guys want a golden, you know I mean? Right. Some, some guys are using brothars for all of it you don't have a golden in the group yeah that's that's the only one we're missing out of those so far but i'm, I'm hopefully we'll pick one up we do have some people out of gillette that have goldens i believe that are interested in participating so cool yeah cool. Yep. we got chessies tollers labs dominated by labs right right yeah they have it they have a tendency to do to, that well i was gonna say todd it's all the hrc is open to everything too. yes i mean it's yeah, you don't have to. Like I said, we don't. Even though it is dominated by labs, you don't have to have a lab. You can, you can right. Any of the breeds, basically. poodle pointers, German short hairs, wire hairs. I've seen them all there. 
I think the I think the emphasis is on that retrieving aspect, you know. Yep. And and if a dog's gonna fetch, dog's gonna retrieve. I tell you what, one of the best one of the best retrievers I've ever seen was my buddy's Drothar. Um, dogs that dog's gone now. He's got he has it's uh, he has a relic. He has a what is it a nephew I think along that bloodline. Anyway, um, but. There was a day in South Dakota, we were on, we were hunting a big corporate hunt. There was, I don't know, 65, 70 people on this hunt, you know, and he and I were the young bloods of the group. So we were walking, you know, we were walking on every set, but lots of guys standing, you know, one of those big, big pheasant hunts you see on TV and the birds started dropping and that dog was all over Korea. You know how fast drop bars (laughs) are. Yeah, and athletic they are, and that dog was all over creation, picking up birds and bringing them back. And it was like, I don't have neither one of us had room in our vest for all those pheasants. And luckily, there was a you know it was a corporate deal, so there was a, a guy in a pickup coming along behind everybody, kind of and on four wheelers behind the line picking up birds. And but the, I bet I bet in two days of hunting, I bet that dog picked up probably a hundred. 150 roosters that's cool i mean and it was it was crazy it was crazy i mean just unbelievable he was out retrieving the labs that were there doing work 10 to 1 i mean it was it was unreal and to to see that type to see that dog in like a an hrc club or setting would be interesting because that dog was a fire breathing dragon man i tell you what he was something else. Yeah, they, they're all they got big, big motors, right? They're awesome retrievers for sure. He can, yeah, yeah. self-employed. Well, they can be. A they can be. They can be. But yeah, uh, he was a, he was a good dog. He was a good dog. I had the pleasure of hunting over him quite a bit, and there wasn't wasn't much that got away from him. That was for sure. But that independence is what makes them great too, right? The same right, the same token. Right. Right. So, Jason, what dog? What kind of dog do you run? I have a yellow lab and a black lab. Okay. The, the okay. yellow lab is four. Black lab will turn three here um, this month. So. Cool. I'm, cool. Awesome. Nate. So I have similar. I have two. I have two females actually. Um, I have my older females. She just turned eight, and she's an HRCH master hunter, and she was the one that was built by a, a kennel um, for me. And then I just, well, I shouldn't say I just picked her up, but she's, I have a young dog that's three, um, or fairly young. And she's the one that I, when I was telling you before that the whole HRC, HRC thing, when it really hooked me, I got her for that reason is I wanted to, I wanted to try this thing out myself. And, and, uh, there's a little bit of pride, I guess, a little bit of ego involved in that. I was like, Mm -hmm. I want to figure this deal out. I want to do it, you know? And, uh, so anyway, yeah, she's she's on her way. We're we'll be running uh, some season and finish level stuff this summer. Hopefully, if all goes well, and and keep keep doing our thing. Cool. Well, good luck to you guys in in all that. That's that's awesome. There is definitely. I got a pup coming in June. Um, he'll he'll be here. I'm running two black males. Like I said, the nine year old right now. But if I had more space, I'd have a kennel of them. <laughs> <laughs> then you gotta have enough time to hunt them all. <laughs> yeah that's the problem you gotta have the time to put into them but 
I've got little kids and, and dogs and lots of time, lots of opportunity to get them out and get them trained and do all that stuff. But you're, you're uh, a pup from S from SOK, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we've actually got some of uh, some pretty big plans in the works for some, a video project and a whole series of stuff with that. That's going to be fun. That's, that's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a good time. But yeah, yeah I'll, time to come down and, and show that, up and come train. I don't know about showing up. Good, good. <laughs> I would love to come down though. That would be fun, man. That would be fun. I don't, I don't get to cast. He, he said, "Show us the pup, not show." Oh, us. I could. <laughs> but you can show us up too. That's the Zoom way. meeting. Zoom. Thanks. Thank you, Zoom. Good grief. Yeah, no, I'd love to show you the pup. Heck yeah, heck yeah. No, I'd love to come down and hang out with you guys and do some stuff that would be that would be cool just to see what you're all about and um there's it's gonna be interesting you've got you've got me interested now i'm gonna check and see what's up in montana i bet there's a club in billings there's one starting i was gonna actually say that so okay. they, uh i don't know if they're approved yet but they're sending their paperwork off and there will be a new club in montana this year um, cool based out of billings oh that's cool yep and they have a they have a three-day hunt um in butte in butte usually it's usually it's just a saturday sunday but they do a three-day hunt up in in butte that you can earn your titles or earn your passes toward your titles too and i want to say there's one in missoula too there's one in missoula well that was and that was uh, the gentleman i had on earlier that was who he's that's the part of the club he is in is in missoula yeah i recognize some of the names when he was talking did about you did you yeah. cool yeah yeah margo yeah, yeah. I think she's probably pretty famous. It sounds like a lot of folks know who she is. Yeah, she might not. She might not remember me, but she judged one of our first tests in Douglas. Oh, cool! We have a club down here. Yeah, shoot, that's been ten years ago now. But yeah, oh, that's that is awesome. That's yeah. I'll definitely try to get down your way, guys. I tell you what, that would be fun. And if you uh, find yourselves up in my neck of the woods, holler at me, and let's get together and talk dogs and look at dogs and i'd love to see what see what you guys are all about with some of this stuff it's pretty cool so yeah. i i was just people shouldn't be scared either you know like it's it can be a little bit of i don't know trepidation when you read into some of this stuff and you're like oh my gosh your dog has to do this and this and this and it's like when you really get into it it's for me it provided you know the it doesn't matter if you whatever venue you choose but if you do the hrc or akc stuff each each level provides you with a goal of what your dog should be able to do. Because like I said, it's a pass fail. You should, your dog should do A and B in, in the early entry and the, in the beginning stuff. Well, as you move forward through it, then your dog needs to do A, B, and C. Well, then as you move forward anymore, your dog needs to do A, B, C, D, and E. And so all those things give you a benchmark of, hey, this is what I need. Well, this is what the dog has to be capable of doing to pass this. And it, so for me, it was like, that's an easy goal, man. Like not necessarily easy to accomplish, but it's an, it's an easy thing to work towards. It, it doesn't, it's not some obscure thing that I didn't know about. It's like, sure. It's telling you, this is what your dog should be able to do. Yeah. It's like, how, go back to the old saying, how do you eat an elephant? You know, you eat one yeah. bite at a time. How do you get it, get to a finished dog? It's one step at a time, you know, one task yeah. at a time, one, one ability at a time. And the next thing you know, you gotta, you look around and you go, Hmm, I can take yeah. this yeah. dog anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that is, yeah. that is really cool. That's really cool. And you can that, build a really, really nice dog 
just with 15, 20 minutes a day. Right. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because I, my first, thinking back on my first dog, I was at a point where, and she was, I mean, who knows what she was pedigree wise, but she was willing to please. She was smart and she had a ton of drive and mm-hmm. good, good instincts. And I had nothing but time. I was in my early twenties. I had, I was working like afternoon shift. So I had every night, every morning. And I knew, I knew I was smart enough, I guess, but I had a a book training, uh, one of Richard Walter's old books that I used. Yep. I think I used, um, I think I used game dog. Game with, dog, yeah. With, with her. Okay. And because I wanted her to do Upland, to be able to hunt Upland as well. And just going through that book, step at a time. And one of the things he emphasized was, like you said, 15, 20 minutes. When you start to see that attention span go, you're done. You pack it up and you're done. And man, it would be, we'd do 10, 15 minutes, but we'd do that 10 times, you know what I mean, yeah. in, a, in a day. Where it's like, okay, we'll go do something different, play around, and then another 10 minutes of training, and we break it up. I'm sure I pushed that dog too hard, but she responded. And unfortunately, I lost her when she was three. She got hit by a car. Freak, freak deal on a fishing trip. But uh, anyway, I just think about the stuff that that dog could do. I measure all of my dogs since then on her. The, the things that, that she was capable of doing at three years old, whether it was commands, whether it was things that she did do naturally, whether whatever, like you said, there were little steps along that journey where it was like, okay, she can't do this right now, but if we work towards it, she'll get there. And pretty soon I had a dog that everybody was like, dude, where'd you send your dog off to get trained? Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, you know, and there's, that makes there's, you feel good, doesn't it? It does. It well, they does. Ask you, who trained your dog for you? I know. And you're like, well, that was me. <laughs> yeah. But Nathan, yeah. you said it, man. I, I do think, I do think there's, there's something to be said about human nature that we need to compete. I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine the other day. And I said, yeah, man. I said, since I, I quit coaching and quit doing different things, I was like, there's not a lot of competition in my life. It's not like you can go out in a goose field and compete with your buddy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or your group of buddies like, that was mine. That's a good way not to get invited back, you know? Well, you sucked on that flock. Holy crap. It's not going to happen. But he, we were talking about golf, um, you know, golf league or shotgun league or whatever, in areas where you're competing with yourself. Yeah. There's something about that where those HRC tests, I mean, you're not going to be rubbing people's faces in it and getting all hooting and hollering, but you're competing. It's you and your dog competing against a task, competing to a, to attain a goal. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that's valuable in a person's life, especially when you've got an animal to do it with. Mm-hmm. For sure. And like for me, I mean, this different, different things motivate people differently. Right. But like for me in the summertime, I don't, I don't fish, you know, like lots of guys love fishing and that's, that's great. More power to them. I just, it's just not my thing. So I need, I need something to, to occupy my time, you know, and, and that's what I have found for me in the summertime. And like Jason said, it's an opportunity for me to work on myself being better as a dog person 
and learning more. And then also most importantly is helping the dog be better. And then together we can hopefully be awesome. You know, I mean, yeah, there's, there's going to be ups and downs for sure, but. Well, it's definitely not a smooth trip, is it? No. Yeah. Well, it gets addicting. You go to some of these tests and you know, like go to a test and they've got a really hard poison bird concept or something, you know, that's just like, wow, man, that's just crazy. And your dog goes up there and just slams it. Right. You know, that, it's hard not to puff your chest out. Right. 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 But it, uh, you know, you need to stay humble, but it's, it is, I mean, it fills that, it does fill that competitive thing. And I agree with you. People need competition, you know, in their lives. Yeah. It's, it's funny. And you take it away. And like I said, it doesn't have to be you're doing jujitsu every day and doing mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, if that's your thing, fine, cool. But I know for me, that's definitely something I set those goals and you go, okay, we got that one. Okay. We got that one. Okay. We got that one. So yeah, you guys have got me thinking I might need to start a chapter. That'd be, that would be, that yeah, might be kind yeah, of fun. Be awesome. Yeah. It's uh definitely though i dude i appreciate you guys being on we're ticking right at an hour so um i appreciate your time you guys are both busy and got families to get to i'm I'm sure i would really like to bring that pup down this summer and hang out with you guys if i if we can get away and make that happen that would be a lot of fun or if you guys get up here man just give me a call ahead of time and let's let's meet up and I don't know. Throw some bumpers. That'd be fun. Yep. You bet. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time, fellas. Is there anything closing comments you want to say? Man, if you're interested in it, look us up or you can direct message us on either Instagram or Facebook. Uh, also, our one of our board members' phone numbers is on there. And okay. probably better to talk to than Nate or I anyway, Josh. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> he's the most likable guy of the bunch by far. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're honestly just don't be afraid. You know, if it's interesting, come check it out. You know, and we're a welcoming group and just all about giving people opportunities to make a nice dog. So Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Come check us out. It's a good time. We- awesome. Tell people too though you know when we go about with the competition and the ego thing you know training wise we tell people like and this goes for everybody you just leave your ego at the door though right right you know? yeah yeah a lot of wise people and you know trainers in particular and and one that me and jason have kind of worked a little bit with and and you know piggybacked off of but he he says that that's the number one way to ruin your dog more faster than anything is to let your ego get in the way so man i i think that's i think that's spot on I, I really do. I know that we're all, none of us are perfect. We're all human beings. Right. And we all have days working with our dogs or with our kids mm-hmm. or a spouse or coworkers where we're not on our game and we don't do the right things. We don't say the right things. And I know with, when it comes to the dog, when there's days like that, and I find myself with that ego getting in the way, you're better off just to go home, just to pack it up before you do some damage. And yeah, no, that's, that is sound advice. I appreciate it, but well, fellas, thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to meeting in person one of these days. You bet. Cool. Thanks. All right. Thanks for being on guys.